Emily Giaminette is a Catholic speaker, author, radio personality, wife, and mother of seven children. She is the executive director of the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network and co-founder of InspireTheFaith.com. She co-authored the award-winning book, Divine Mercies for Moms, The Friendship Project, Pray Fully, and recently authored The Secrets of the Sacred Heart, just released in October 2020. She served on the board of directors for the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference and the John Paul II Preschool. She writes on a regular basis for CatholicMom.com. Emily earned a bachelor's degree in mental health and human services from the Franciscan University at Steubenville, and she offers a daily segment called A Mother's Moment on St. Gabriel Radio. She speaks at women's conferences all over the United States, has appeared on EWTN television and radio, Relevant Radio, and the Catholic Channel. She and her husband, John, live in Columbus, Ohio, with their children. Please give a warm welcome to the Executive Director for Welcome His Heart, Emily Giaminette. What if I said I'm kind of excited to take my mask off? So thank you, everyone else who's doing a little more penance as you continue to be here. What a, what a joy, what a gift. And um, as my brother said, you know, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like unto thine. That's how I wanted to talk, start this talk here today. I also cannot begin this talk without thanking our many sisters who are present. What a gift to not only have... Yes. To not only be surrounded by the laity, the religious, the deacons that were present here today, but to have the prayers of the sisters, to have their physical presence is such a huge and tremendous gift. Now, a year ago, when I got that bright idea to write a book on the Sacred Heart of Jesus, who would have thought so much would change in one year? Who would have thought? Now, my, my dear fourth grader here reminded me that there are some good things. People are washing their hands more than ever before. That's super good, right? We are, you know, there's some, there's some positive things taking place. But there's also some opportunities to notice that the darkness feels a little darker. And we have talked about that, that theme throughout the day. But I loved um, this past month on the Sacred Heart Hour when Father Stosh said, but as the darkness seems darker, the light gets brighter. And I think that's so true because each one of us can say this past year, we might have prayed with friends for the very first time. We might have, I've done more Zoom rosaries with people than I ever could have imagined. Getting together, praying, asking the Lord to be present is part of the fruit of this, what appears to be dark, but with Christ, it's so bright. Who would have ever thought that we would be gathered with an international presence on our live stream? That we have a way to share this message with other people. It's such a tremendous gift. But what I wanted to really touch with you, uh, and, you know, writing this book, Secrets of the Sacred Heart, the, the part that's really important is that you get to claim those promises. Because it's one thing for me to list all the promises of the Sacred Heart and tell you that these are the summaries of St. Margaret Mary Alico from the 1670s 
that Jesus wants to penetrate your heart and he wants to give your families peace and he wants to bless you. But until you believe it and you begin to make that your prayer, everything's going to stay the same. So I really actually felt called to write a devotional, a piece that allowed you an opportunity to learn, to see that these are scriptural promises, that our Lord keeps his promises. And then from it, that you have an opportunity to ponder. Now, I have to say, I've never been so nervous and to hand my brother that's a Catholic priest the book I wrote on the Sacred Heart. I waited for days, like, what is he going to say? I hope he likes it. So for him to say that he, that he liked it meant the world to me because that's what I want. I want a stable devotion that we present to you, to the listener, that I, I speak from my heart because I mean it. And the story he tells about my grandfather and my great relatives, for many of us, we have those ordinary witnesses in our own family that if we go back one or two generations, we can see what it looks like to live out this devotion. I was on a phone conference this past week with um, a person who lives in Louisiana, and we were talking about the devotion to the Sacred Heart. And she said, in Louisiana, we're about where I live, 80 to 90% Catholic. And everybody has the image on the wall, but it gets a little dusty. They're not praying. They're not engaging. They might have it. They might not only have their image of the Sacred Heart, but their great-grandparents' image. And I thought about, isn't that true? Maybe even today, dust off your image of the Sacred Heart. Put the date on the back of your image of your enthronement. Claim that. Say, Jesus, you're welcome here. My mom's taught me. She always says, every time she goes into a thrift store, an antique mall, she always says, I'm saving Jesus. And she will come out with beautiful religious items. So we don't want Jesus to be king of the thrift store. We want to bring him into our home. If you see an old image, bring him home. My images, and I write about this in my book, are literally, my mother got them from an antique mall. They're from an old school. They're beautiful. And she said, I bought you these. And I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. Jesus, Mary, you know, I'm sure my husband's going to love this. Where are we going to put these? But what I found was when we welcomed Jesus into our home, when we, when the night that I knelt down before that image of the sacred heart, and it was about eight years ago, I said, Jesus, you get to have my family, you get to have my marriage, you get to have my house, everything. You get to have my blank slate future. I have no idea what I'm going to do. That's when he could start to work. That's when I could see those graces pouring out. So when we talk about enthronement, we're, we're offering you an opportunity to go deeper into understanding what it means to welcome Jesus into your messiness. Last week, a woman reached out to me after I did a radio interview. She found me on Facebook, and she said, Oh, you're, you're just so blessed. You have kids that practice the faith, and you know what you know. And I said, Don't get discouraged. Don't let that darkness in you. Don't say that you're at the finish line when you're not. What I love about this devotion is it's Eucharistic. It, it, it's a call to live this devotion to our final breath. And that's the last part of my, my grandfather's testimony. This, as my brother mentioned, he couldn't wait to be with the Lord. He was 
eager. His death was beautiful. And I think that's what's so amazing about this devotion. Now, I wanted to give just a very brief summary of the history of the Sacred Heart and share a few key pieces that have really touched me in my research and in diving deep into this devotion. And really, first, as you know, our Savior, the Gospels, read the Gospels in light of his merciful and love, all-encompassing virtuous love. You'll start to see that he is calling each one of us to a love that is pure and perfect in leading us to holiness, not what the world is saying in manipulation and in you know destruction of, of, of others in the name of love. We want Jesus' love. This is a kingdom of love. And one of the passages that touched me so much was from St. Gertrude the Great. She, um, in around 1282... She was 26 years old, and she received a vision from St. John the Evangelist. So this really got my attention. A mom of seven, like, wow, that's, that's really exciting. And she asked St. John, you know, you rested your head on Jesus. Why didn't you talk about this in the, in the scriptures? Why, why did you wait? And, you know, what, what do you have to say? And this is what she said. And I read this literally from her book. You can read um, her readings. He said... Yes, I heard them, and my soul was penetrated with the sweetness, even to its very center. And then he goes on to say, In those early times in the church was confined to speaking of the divine word, the eternal Son of the Father. But in the latter times was received the grace of hearing the eloquent voice of the heart of Jesus. At this voice, the time-worn world will renew its youth, be aroused from its weariness and exhaustion, and again be inflamed with the divine love. Literally, with the warmth of divine love, St. Gertrude the Great also says, We are weak, but by the heart of Jesus we shall become strong. And that is why we gather here today. Because the world needs this message. This message is not just for us and our beloved family. It's for the entire world to be renewed. We have to believe it can be renewed. And that is so important. And it's something to take to meditation and pray about. St. Margaret Mary Alico, who we speak about frequently, she's the great apostle of the Sacred Heart, in 1673 received those visions that we talked about from Jesus. And Jesus is literally saying, my heart pours out with love and people respond with indifference to me. Sounds very familiar to the times that we live now. She tells us devotion to the sacred heart is the last effort of the Savior to draw sinners to repentance and to give them abundantly sanctifying graces to work out their salvation. This is an opportunity of hope. One specific part of the promises of Jesus that are very, very touching 
is it says where the image of the most sacred heart is exposed and honored, you shall be blessed. And I think that's very important that our goal is not just to get images in homes. That's a beautiful mission, but it's really to develop the honor piece, to develop, help people see that personal relationship with Jesus. I think of the father of enthronement, Father Matteo Cromley. He had this profound understanding that families were being torn apart from modernism and secularism around 1907. A lot has changed since 1907. Look at the assault of the family. Now he speaks about what he saw was the tearing apart of families through factory work, through farming, through excessive amount of work just to put bread on the table. And he said, we must help strengthen families to receive new graces, to be renewed and to be restored. So he came up with this idea of enthronement in the same chapel where St. Margaret Mary Alico received her visions of Jesus as he was he's traveling the world. He, he said that he had this profound understanding that if the image was installed in, on a throne in the highest place of honor in the house so that Jesus as Lord would, could visibly reign in Catholic homes. That was the simple understanding And the church has embraced this message worldwide. And beginning with the popes have embraced that message. In 1915, Pope Benedict XV told Father Matteo, nothing is more suitable to the needs of the present day than your empire of enthronement. And then, moving on, before that, Pope Pius X, right before that, said, when he said, do I have permission to promote this? The Pope said, No, my son, I command you to give your life to this work of salvation. It is wonderful work. Consecrate your entire life to this. So this message of coming here in a Congress, in a gathering, to live out this devotion is so important. And I, I, what I had to reflect about and what we all have to reflect about is what is on our thrones at home? What do we put in our highest place? For many of us, it's maybe 50, 60 inch televisions. And what comes out of that throne? Now, I'm not saying you have to get a 50 inch uh, image of the sacred heart, but I am saying, where is your images? Where do you go to pray and to be renewed and to be restored? This is such an important time. Father um, Cromley also says, Father Mateo also says, may our homes be another Bethany. I love that image. Another Bethany. Who lived in Bethany? Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Now, for some of us, we feel a lot like Martha, right? We love that. I love Martha in the Bible. She's always working and and, and forgetting to sit at the feet of our Lord. But he reminds us that he wants to come in as our friend. He wants to be invited. And the titles in which when we associate this devotion that touch my heart is Jesus wants to be king of our homes. He wants to be invited as king, savior, friend. And recently I discovered protector and provider. Imagine if you stop thinking that you're making money, but that these gifts, everything comes from the Lord. And I believe that that is so true. Now, 
in Joshua 24, I think that the scripture that always lives in my heart and that I hope lives in your heart is that may somebody in your home proclaim, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Because that's where this devotion begins, is that somebody in the home says that. Many people contact me and say, but Emily, my husband is not Catholic. My kids are rebelling. It's not a good time for the sacred heart. And I'm like, oh, this is the time you need him. Even if it is just you clinging to those words, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. As for me and my house, Jesus comes as king. We want the kingdom of love in our home. We want the kingdom of love in our schools. We want the kingdom of love in our business. That is what our goal is, is to grow this kingdom. It's so, so very important. And I, you know, as when people reach out to me, I I say, you are the one that steps forward. And sometimes they are. Sometimes they're the only one that participates in the enthronement. But the enthronement is a gift for you because you, you recite very special words in the prayers of the enthronement. And one of the words that you say is that there will be a time when we are not all able to gather here. And when that time takes place, we will remember this enthronement. We will remember the promises that we made. And I think that's very important that we recall the good times of our life when we gather because there are those sorrowful times. And 2020 has brought a lot of sorrow, but a lot of good as well. Now, I, I feel very passionate about the promises, about enthronement, because I've seen them lived out. And not just, as we mentioned, my, my wonderful relatives, my parents, my brother's vocation, but in very ordinary ways. What I like to tell people is there's a lot of little M's, little miracles, lowercase M's, that don't make the cover of the Catholic Times or, or broadcasting. But that little M is your gift to know God is there. Just this past week, someone said, you know, I received a blessing of connecting with a person that I lost touch with shortly after the enthronement that was really important to me. Another person said, I was able to forgive a family member that so hurt me. I was able to, to move forward. Might not seem like a big miracle, but sure was a miracle for them because new graces came in their life. If you are struggling with addiction, your family members, your children are rebelling, this is the time to take that step forward. This is the time to offer enthronement as an opportunity. Walk them with it. Pray with them. We are no longer one or two or three or four missionaries. We are all given this opportunity to, to live and promote this devotion. And the testimony is that this mother's doing it. So <laughs> it's so, it's so true. It's so, so important. And I think about the words even that my brother ended with, and I'm going to include this in our next newsletter. If you're not always already receiving it, receive his love, return his love and share his love. And just think if that is our mission, if that is what we do the rest of our life, that surely is a worthy cause. That is exactly what we need to do. Now, as the director of Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, one, a couple of the things I want to share with you what we've done this past year is the reason why we're at welcomehisheart.com is because everyone can remember it. It's a friendly way to understand that that's our mission for you. 
is to welcome Jesus into your life. We continue to receive more people each and every day. And what they are seeking are the 12 promises, the prayer of the sacred heart, and how to go about enthronement. So if you have an obstacle, if you feel unworthy, take the step forward. We are not for profit. We support anyone that, that finds us. These books that you received today were given by the gift of a benefactor who believed in this message of sharing it with others. One of the things we didn't want to do is create tables and selling and all of that. None of that is here today. If you would like, feel free to drop a donation and take a, you know, a couple of, an extra book or give it to someone else. But this is an opportunity to evangelize first yourself, to, to get yourself in heart with the heart of Jesus, and to share that with others. Now, I only have a few final minutes before um, we close this event. But the last piece that we can't not talk about when we talk about the Sacred Heart Jesus is the gift of offering up a reparation. That is something in which will change your life. If you are feeling overwhelmed, like we, were, we heard in the gospel, about the, the need for Jesus to restore you, you know, to be able to give us this, this renewal that you're longing for, consider offering up your daily trials. Offer up all that is burdening you. If it's your job, if it's your parenting, if it's the modane tasks of your life. And that's really what St. Margaret Mary Alico has taught us, is that we have the ability as the world dethrones to place Jesus on a throne and then to offer up our sufferings, especially for, for those who are suffering with loneliness or physical suffering. There is so much strength and value and grace that can be poured forth in our very simple and humble worship. So I am so grateful that we were able to be here. Um, I feel free to message us at welcomeisheart.com. Let us know what you're doing to promote this devotion, how you want to connect with us, how you want to live this devotion. It's so, so important, but the world is definitely in need of this strength and grace and healing. And in your packets, you know, we include all the 12 promises. So that's something that's very, very important that we deep dive into it. So again, thank you so very much. And we'll be concluding with the rite of exposition and benediction.